1: As Illinois tries to recover safely from the still ongoing coronavirus pandemic, we're seeing gradual opening from businesses and other workplaces, but there's probably no more anticipated openings than those of the schools. The school year will go on, but there may not be all that many absolutes about exactly how that's going to happen. Well, this weekend, we're going to talk about that and much more with Illinois' top school official, State Education Superintendent Carmen Ayala. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Carmen Ayala was selected as Illinois' 30th State Superintendent of Education in February of 2019. So she had to wait an entire year to be immersed in perhaps the most challenging crisis in the history of Illinois schools. She has certainly had the experience to handle challenges. She began her three decades in education as a Chicago school teacher. She's been a teacher and a school official in Aurora and other suburban school districts. She was superintendent of the Berwyn North School District when she was chosen for her current job. We are practicing social distancing for this interview. We're doing it via Zoom conferencing. Dr. Carmen Ayala, thank you very much for joining me.
0: Thank you so much for the invitation. It's my pleasure.
1: So I've got to ask, if they told you that what is your second year on the job was going to be like this, would you have taken it?
0: (laughs) i never in my wildest dreams. uh, Did I even think something like this? Uh, would happen. And I think that's true of just about everybody in any position that they have. It's certainly unprecedented times. Um, and I think we're trying to do the best that we can with uh, the situation at hand.
1: Well, and, you know, this is uh, this is where all the preparations that we've supposedly been making all these years uh, tends to come back uh, and, and we get to use it. The, the state seems to, well, there are so many different school districts around the state And they look to you and the uh, Illinois State Board of Education for guidance. How do you come up with guidelines that can work for all of them and and make schools safe?
0: Well, first and foremost, Craig, the most important thing is the safety and well-being of our students and the staff that work with our students. That's number one priority. Uh, The other thing we always have to recognize and honor is that there are 852 different, distinct, and unique districts across the entire state of Illinois, each with a different community context. And so we need to make sure that uh, we are looking at the differences uh, in those communities so that they can uh, begin to address um, opening of school.
1: How much flexibility uh, do these districts have?
0: Well, as I mentioned, the health and the safety remain our number one priority. Uh, We work very closely, the agency works very closely with the Illinois Department of Public Health. And so we look at science, we look at the data, we work with uh, the IDPH, and there are, you know, some areas that are definite requirements. The wearing of masks, for example. Uh, in the face coverings, the, the not having more than 50 individuals gathering in a space, which is what is in the phase four of uh, the Illinois plan. Uh, the social distancing, making sure that there is six feet of distance between individuals as much as possible. We want to make sure that there's symptom screenings that are conducted uh, with self-certification for every individual that's entering our schools, that they are symptom-free. And we want to make sure that cleaning and disinfection of our schools is occurring at a much more frequent basis.
1: Um, And you know, the state has, has especially you mentioned, one of the, fir- the first thing you mentioned was masks. Uh, and while I think most school districts are, are going along with it, you've had some resistance. And uh, in fact, I don't know how much you can say about this, but the state has sued three school districts that basically said, no, we're not doing, we're not enforcing that
0: that is accurate um you know this this question obviously is during some pending litigation um, and and i'm not a a lawyer necessarily so it's a question that probably should be addressed by the attorney general's office Um, but my understanding regarding this litigation is that um, the governor's authority to issue an executive order to protect the public health and the safety for more than 30 days has been upheld by numerous Illinois courts around the state, as well as the federal trial and appellate courts. Um, there's really only one court that has reached an opposite conclusion. Uh, that is the decision from Clay County. Uh, that case, while an outlier, is still not yet final uh, and, re- and is still pending. Um, and so the decision is now uh, enforceable, it is my understanding, uh, only in Clay County, unenforceable in Clay County.
1: Um, now, can you talk a little generally about masks? I know it would not, you know this case aside. How how are you going to a in not if not enforce it? Make sure that the districts are following it, and you know even among the kids themselves, the students themselves. How do you get little kids to keep their masks on?
0: Well, I have. Uh two granddaughters of my own who are three and five. And everywhere we go, when we leave the house, they're already used to wearing their masks. And while they're in the store, while we're shopping, they have their masks on. So I think that um, children see it on TV, children are using it at home, going out, uh, they're utilizing the masks. So I think that there is already uh, children uh, exposed to and used to using the masks. Uh, We know that the masks provide protection for the spread of the virus. And so during the school day, for example, we released today our fall 2020 learning recommendations. And we, of course, want the masks to be used when there is in-person instruction, but we encourage that there be opportunities uh, for breaks, for example, when children are taken outside and there is the ability to have the social distancing where they can't, the masks can be removed and they can get some fresh air uh, while they're eating and how um, the social distancing is taken place and, and they, they, obviously they would have to remove the masks. So I think that there are ways that um, teachers can provide opportunities for some breaks, uh, but we want the masks to be used uh, because we know that, that they really help with the prevention of spreading of the virus.
1: I want to talk about the other side of the coin for a minute before we go into some more general things, and that's the, uh, the news that we had as we were getting closer to the week's end, that uh, at least at the outset of the reports, we're seeing 36 students at Lake Zurich High School have tested positive for the virus, um, the school officials there say it's likely that it happened in social settings um, before, and these are mostly athletes, I believe, uh, who were reporting for a sports training. And aside from, you know, I mean, obviously the school system's willing to uh, in, enforce the mask and the screenings, but how much of a concern is it when you can get a group of students like that? testing positive, and how worried are you that you're going to see more cases like this?
0: Well, you know, I think that as we started off our our conversation, you know, each district uh, is making the determination of uh, how they will reopen school. We know that uh, school districts are surveying parents. They're surveying their staff they're gathering information, they're working with their local county health department. And so those things need to happen because of, you know, as I mentioned, the 852 separate and distinct districts. Um, we know, and we will be distributing rather shortly, uh, the governor's office was able to secure 2.5 million masks so that every single child and every single staff member, uh, educator in our schools would have a mask. Um, And so we have the requirements of the, we need to make sure through self-certification where parents can self-certify and students who are at uh, age can certify themselves that they are free and clear of symptoms um, is another precaution and another way of making sure that our schools are safe uh, for learning for not only students and for staff. And so all of these measures being taken into, uh, put in place Uh, are going to help with the spread of the virus. Will it be 100% contained? I don't know that anybody can give those kinds of guarantees, but we need to do everything that we can to make sure that everyone is safe. And these precautions identified by the Department of Public Health um, are vetted by the data, by science, and are the things that we need to do to uh, protect and secure students and staff.
1: But how closely are you and uh, the uh, health officials statewide going to be watching to see if there are signs that maybe it's not enough? Uh, I mean, I don't want to suggest that high school students might lie about anything, but I don't think you're going to always have total reporting on exactly what kids have done uh, you know, over the weekend or, or the like. And you could have. And these are kids who could be spreading it to each other, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, just, we just have to do the best that we can um, and hope that everyone working together, which is the only way that this is really going to have the impact of, of, of keeping the virus from spreading, if everyone really does their part uh, to control the spread of the virus. And so these measures, these precautions that we have in place, uh, if schools are going to engage in in-person learning, um, that they be followed and um that everybody does their part
1: um you know regardless of the balance uh between in class and remote i i think we're all expecting that school is just going to be different this year Um, admittedly every district is going to be different but what do you think are going to be the the overarching things that are probably going to be different everywhere what do we have to get used to besides just the mask and the, the PPE and such?
0: I think that uh, one of the things that I have continuously messaged to our uh, school leaders and district leaders is flexibility. Uh, flexibility in that you need to have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C because we don't know. We're trying to do the best that we can and work together to contain this virus, but you know, it. It evolves, uh, you know, it could be different. Uh, And so we need to be prepared uh, for in-person instruction, for remote instruction, for potentially blended instruction, and we need to prepare staff, provide professional development, um, and make sure that uh, the devices are in place uh, should we need to go to and continue remote instruction, uh, which is why the federal CARES funding and the GEARS funding that the governor received, uh, the portion that went to the Illinois State Board of Education was predominantly dedicated to uh, closing the uh, the digital uh, divide gap. And so with CARES funding, there was uh, $569 million dollars Uh, that was allocated uh, to Illinois. 512 of that already went directly to the schools. They have uh, uh, completed their budgets, they've been approved, and they're already accessing those funds. And the majority of those funds are intended to help uh, school districts make sure that students had devices, families had devices, and that there was connectivity in place as well the governor's office uh, provided the Illinois State Board of Education K-12 uh, schools with an additional $50 million. And so the majority of that funding also was dedicated to making sure that students had the resources and the connectivity. Uh, in addition to that, a portion of those funds was dedicated for uh, towards professional development, not only for teachers on how to manage you know, it's very different to teach in person in a classroom than it is remotely. And so how, how can we help teachers, give them more tools uh, and resources to teach remotely? And how can we also provide uh, some information and, 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 and resources to parents as well?
1: How much uh, added help is available for the poorer districts? Because, I mean, not all districts are either created equal or or sitting on the same tax bases and what is being done for the districts that have further to go before they're ready for meaningful uh, remote learning?
0: Well, the federal uh, CARES and GEARS funding that I just spoke about, the 512 million was allocated to schools based on Uh, the Title I formula, which is the uh, the resources that are used for disadvantaged youth for low income. Um, And so our schools that are uh, most, um, that do not have the resources were the schools that predominantly received much of that funding. The additional funding that we received at the agency, which was about 54 million, and then the additional 50 million of the GEARS funding, um, the majority of that uh, is out to school districts to apply, and the priority are for those school different districts that are uh, 70% or below in their adequacy target. So the funds are intended to help support those schools that lack in the, some of the resources that they need.
1: You're listening to News Radio 780's is at issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We are talking via Zoom conferencing with Illinois State Superintendent of Education, Carmen Ayala. Um, so much of school is, is communal. Uh, assuming we're talking about people actually being in the buildings, but things like arts, athletics, music, uh, to what degree do many of these things have to be put on hold, and are they going to be put on hold, you know, for a year?
0: You know, currently, even before uh, COVID-19, there was variance in our schools, with regard to uh, art and music and extracurricular and things of that nature. So I don't want people to have the assumption that you know every single school across the state of Illinois um, had uh, these courses. Uh, And so many times in, in, in certain situations art was taught by the general classroom teacher or music was taught by the general classroom teacher. And a lot of times there was interdisciplinary teaching going on through literature, they brought in the music or the arts. And I think that uh, many of that is occurring through the digital platform as much as possible. And so a lot of that is occurring through the digital platform. Uh, There may be opportunities with uh, the phase that we're currently in, phase four, in the Restore um, reopening of Illinois, that you know, schools can have up to 50 students in a space uh, with the appropriate social distancing, so that an art class could be be uh, uh, taking place or a music class could be taking place. Um, albeit, you know, the space would have to be prepared and and those kinds of things. So I think there's opportunities for some creativity, uh, and I think our schools are trying to do their very best to offer as much as possible uh, to our students moving forward.
1: Have you seen much in the way of districts learning from each other? I I don't know how much contact districts have with one another, but I know there are you know, district superintendent associations and such, are they learning from each other? Are they passing tips along? Uh,
0: Yes, actually. Um, This is something that I'm just, you know, very proud of our leaders across the state. I know for a fact that uh, South Suburban school superintendents are having weekly phone calls where they are checking in with each other. They are sharing information. They are brainstorming together. And I think that there is a lot of sharing going around across the different regions of the state. In addition to that, as much as I can, when I hear of how a district is addressing their opening we share that with um, my messaging and and our weekly newsletter and that's done to also provide districts uh, of another colleague that they can reach out to and have conversation with Uh, because together is is how we're really going to make this work for all of our students in illinois Um,
1: what can school officials say to parents who worry that even with hybrid learning that The students are losing things in the translation that they may never get back. I mean, you know, we obviously had that problem with seniors this year who were worried about um, whether their college applications or whether they were making the right preparations for college. Uh, How do we make sure that they really are being prepared?
0: Well, you know, we have uh, learned a lot, um, not only in Illinois, but I think nationally. Uh, When we were in the emergency state uh, in the spring, um, we had to go immediately into remote mode, whether we were ready or not, um, we had to do it. And and maybe we did some things uh, the right way and maybe we didn't, but we've learned from that. What I'm beginning to see in the plans of the schools for their reopening there has been professional development there has been realignment of some of the curriculum there have been resources purchased that are more conducible to a remote learning situation and so i think we're in a better place i think that uh we will have uh, more uh, platforms, if you will. Uh, lots of teachers are learning about, you know, Google Classrooms and, and some teachers that never used Zoom are now, they now know how to use Zoom. Districts that like never the even rest had of us. access. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Districts that never, you know, didn't have access now through the resources, hopefully, that we're providing are able to to get some of that access. And so I think we're in a different place than where we were in the spring. Now we ended the year and we've had an opportunity to do some planning, to do some preparing. Will it be perfect? Probably not, but I think we're in a much better place. And I think that teachers are even collaborating more, the grade level above and the grade level below, so that we're trying to address some of that learning loss that may have occurred and, and fill in some of those gaps.
1: How do the districts go about making sure that the teachers and the other staff feel comfortable about coming back into the building? Some teachers may, may feel that they're in the, uh, some of the vulnerable populations and uh, the like.
0: Yeah, I mean, with not only with our, our children, our students, but with our staff as well, uh, we certainly wanna make sure that Uh, We honor um, any kind of situation uh, for the individual as well as in their immediate home uh, that there may be a compromising medical situation because, you know, that's the reality of this virus. And so schools are working towards um, designating which staff may be more working remotely, which staff may be more available for in person. Uh, what does their uh, What do their support staff? Uh, How are they going to be utilized in providing services for children, all the way from our paraprofessional uh, assistance to our uh, other support staff? And so I think that there are many creative ways, uh, and we have said from the very, very beginning how important it is that there be collaboration, that there be conversations between labor and management, with community, uh, the school board, uh, that everybody together should be planning ahead and ironing out some of these um, challenging spots so that the reopening can be as smooth as it possibly can recognizing that it will be different. It will not be the usual we're all walking to school with our backpacks and our new shoes and seeing the friends we haven't seen over the summer. It will be very different.
1: Indeed. Um, I wonder what is being done or what can be done to keep people in the pipeline to become teachers. Because I think sometimes in the middle of a crisis, uh, you, you don't get a chance to step back and say, wait a minute, Is are people still wanting to be teachers and are they coming to the fore?
0: Well, I know uh, with executive orders that um, the governor's office has been so supportive with, Uh, And through some of our rule changes, uh, we have been able to, you know, those individuals that were getting ready to do their student teaching or getting ready, they needed a particular exam to get started with some of their um, work, that those have been waived. So that uh, encourages individuals who are interested in the teaching profession, um, that they're still able to continue. Uh, So we've tried very hard to uh, not allow those kinds of barriers. We've tried to break down those barriers and allow flexibility um, so that we can continue to address um, teacher shortages that we had even before uh, COVID-19 hit.
1: How serious were those shortages?
0: Uh, well, we had about a little over 1,800 in our licensed um, staff, teachers, uh, that we were short uh, prior to the, to the pandemic.
1: Ha- has it gotten worse since then? I
0: uh, don't have uh, data right now. Um, you know, because we're we're addressing the reopening of the yes. pool and the closing. Exactly. Um so, you know, that's I I i couldn't uh reply to that with specific data that I would want to give you. But
1: not specific do you have a feel for it? That are you you know, I mean you're hearing from districts that are saying, gosh, we're you know, we're 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 worse off than we were before.
0: I've not heard that. Um I know that they are they're they're doing Zoom interviews. <laughs> mm. Um and you know, interviewing is uh Postings of positions are still occurring. Interviews are still occurring. People are being hired. They're doing teacher orientation. Those kinds of things are still occurring. Um, So I don't, you know, districts did not stop in trying to fill their positions. So over the summer they've been, along with, you know, trying to uh, get a plan in place and, and address these issues, they have also been working on, you know, the hiring and those kinds of things they normally do.
1: You know, in the in the midst of uh, this pandemic, I think it's easy to forget that the ISBE, the uh, state uh, board of education, has 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 other functions other than uh, <laughs> putting out forest fires. <laughs> uh, what what are the what are the day to day things that still have to go on, even as you you know make sure that we're ready for a completely different school year.
0: Well, you know, we have to get all of our, you know, fiscal year 20 operational systems rolled over and ready and in place, you know, the calendar, uh, any of the grant, you know, applications, um, any of the fund, other funding things that happen during this time, uh, data collection that needs to occur. Uh, we have to still prepare for a school report card, which we will be communicating what are those data elements that we are not going to be including uh, because of the pandemic. So all of that work still occurs and has to take place because there are statutory requirements and deadlines that still have to be met.
1: And overall, has, has either the agency, the, the department, or the system in itself taken a real hit that isn't being covered by the kind of federal funds that you're getting in?
0: no i we have over 400 staff members who are now working remotely um we made sure that our staff had the the technology and the ability to work remotely and we put systems in place right away um you know things may be a little slower uh but uh uh, and in other cases, uh, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of, you know, the agency staff where when we got the CARES funding uh, in early uh, May, uh, the, the applications went out and we have received and approved near a thousand applications in this short amount of time. Um, And so that's that's just outstanding and I'm so proud of the staff for some of the things that they have put out and are working towards in addition to the normal day-to-day operations.
1: Well, that is a good final word for us to have because we are out of time. Uh, I would like to thank State Education Superintendent Carmen Ayala for, uh, for spending the time with us. Thank you so much. Um, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. Just follow the podcast links. You can also find our podcast on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM